When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yes, we do. Every weekend, uh, it is Off The Bench. Hello, Scott Sattler. How are you, Boogie? Uh, um, boogie? Woogie. I thought you said Boogie. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, really excited. Always excited around uh, around magic round. I, I don't get it. <sighs> you know, you've always said to me, what's so magic about it? There, I haven't... To be honest, you know what I saw yesterday? Oh, what day was it? Wednesday, I think it was. I saw the Thursday. I saw mascots dancing in Brisbane Mall. I'm going, is that the magic? Because I don't understand what the magic is, Well, the magic is that the rabbitos, rabbit, pull it out of a hat. Oh, magic. No, see, you. this is no, the thing. You can't even... You've got 16 teams in one area playing over three days. You can buy a three-day pass and have access to, to all the a- absolutely. star players. And I think that's amazing. But... How is it magic? It's magic because you don't because all these players appear out of nowhere. There you go, bang. That's, not a, That's it. I love it. I love the fact that you guys can't even tell me what magic round means. It means that all these players appear out of nowhere. But that's in not the magic. One, it is. It's not. It's magic to they get caught. every team at the one <laughs> location for all the fans to have access. Well, Caxton Street will be an absolute zoo for three days. <laughs> Mate, the magic will be they'll probably fall down some of the potholes on Suncorp Stadium surface. I mean, it's, is it going to hold up? Just take your call, mate, while we're on the radio. Uh, is that That's Peter Volandis saying, why well, is that bloke saying it's not magic? <laughs> As if Peter Volandis would call you. Now, listen, let's be honest. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, tell you what's coming up. Adam Pengilly spent time with the match review committee. He spent two days. He was in on the Saturday when they were going through the games yep. live and then the Sunday when all the former players get together and review some of the match review committee decisions and the fights and everything that go on. This is a – and Adam Pangilly, by the way, great sports journal at the Sydney Morning Herald. This is a really good chat that you and Badge had with him. Do you know, I was sitting in a cafe on uh, last Saturday and I just got the Sydney Morning Herald – started reading it and read this two-page spread around Adam Pangeli and the access that he had, it was – it answered a lot of my questions and it answered a lot of my queries. Uh, and I didn't answer all of them. I still had a few more questions and that's what we ask um, Adam about. And he gives – and, you know, he'll give some really insightful uh, insights into um, into what he what he was able to uncover with the conversations mm. that, he was, that he was privy to. So, yeah, ex-players, former players in there. That's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Yep. Um, but there are still some charges that are intriguing us, but at least it gives us a little bit of an idea of the process they go through. Uh, we've got our tips for the, the rest of the weekend for Magic Round. Uh, that plus, oh, uh, we better do some of this. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. It's been a bit uh, around this week, and I guess why don't we just kick it off with the biggest news? And I was still processing it over the last day or two. As a South fan? Yeah, Adam mm-hmm. Reynolds. Yep. Officially done, 
at South, let the team, uh, his teammates know on Wednesday, announcement made Thursday that he's joining the Broncos from 2022 sets. Yeah, it's huge news. It was going to be huge news wherever he ended up. It would have been big news if he ended up staying at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, Wayne Bennett came out during the week and basically just put it all to bed and said, listen, he's not going to be here. He's not going to be at South next year. So people need to start getting used to that and preparing for it. It didn't surprise me this decision came uh, this week, uh, Jace, as well, because his manager, Steve Gillis, fine man, has been involved in the Jack DeBellin case and has been trying to juggle juggle the balls in relation to uh, the support for Jack DeBellin and also Adam Reynolds in the contract negotiations. Now that that case has finished to a point at the moment, still mm. some charges pending, um, he was able to focus on on the Adam Reynolds deal and, and trying to finalise that. So, um, you know, going to Cronulla was always – we always thought and the word we were getting out, it was just a, it was just a, a matter of announcing it. But at the last moment, the Brisbane Broncos were able to steal him and it's actually one of their – probably the, one of the greatest Broncos of all time and he wasn't a player, mm. Wayne Bennett, that's had a huge influence on this decision. Uh, Adam uh, arrived in Brisbane Thursday nights uh, with the South team for Magic Round. He's been named uh, in the seven, whether you'll play or not, not too sure because he had that thumb still strapped or in a uh, in a brace. Uh, he was there with Blake Solly, the, the CEO, very fine CEO of yep. the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and this is what he had to say at the airport. I'll certainly never quit once I've got that jersey on. I bleed red and green. I've grown up in the area my whole life, and, yeah, that's probably the saddest part out of all of this that... Leaving, not leaving the fans, but yeah, obviously won't be playing at the club next year. And the fans have been a massive part of that. They've certainly made the joy of playing for South Sydney. They've been supportive, whether they've been winning or losing. So yeah, that's probably the hardest thing to come out of this. But that's that's next year. I've got a, a commitment to South Sydney. I'm I'm still employed by South Sydney, and um, I'll do everything right by South Sydney. Look, it's it's probably one of the hardest decisions I've had to make in my life. And yeah, but for now, I'm 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 focused on doing a job for South Sydney, and you know, hopefully giving the fans and everyone in South Sydney a, a memorable year. You know what? And I believe him. I reckon he's an outstanding human being. Oh, of course he is. Adam I mean, Reynolds. He's a professional. So, But no, no, no. Forget professional. Mm. I reckon he actually means that from the heart. I think he's a decent bloke. And well, I, he's a I South have... Sydney boy. It's got, but, it's but got no, South Sydney in the, in the blood. No, no, so no, it's put, about his legacy. No, he, he wants to leave his legacy in, in a positive frame of mind before he leaves. I, I'm saying park football to the side. Yeah. Just as a person, I – uh, my best mate in Sydney, his kids go to school with, with with his daughter. And around the school, he's just the nicest guy. He loves his family. I mean, he's made this decision for his family. And if he's in if he's in something, he's in it. He's in it 110% if that's even possible. You can't, you can't do anything 110%. He's in it 100%. You can only do 100%. All right. He's in okay. it 100%. Yep. I was trying to make him sound better than everyone else. <laughs> but No, he's a genuine human being. He's a... He was a very young father. He's got he's got four children. Mm. He's got an amazing family. From all reports, he's a real homebody as yeah, well. He is, yeah. You've never ever read anything about Adam Reynolds in a negative, um, in negative frame publicly as well, um, which speaks volumes of a player that's had the career that he's had to date and um, has you know, been a real clean skin. You know, I've had to grapple with this decision I've been making in my head all this week. Am I a bigger Adam Reynolds fan than I am a South supporter? And it's it's really interesting because Reynolds is my favourite player. Him and him and Cam Murray, mm. and, and and I've become a big fan of Latrell Mitchell. But Adam Reynolds, 
Oh, you're talking about two players there, Cam Murray and Adam Reynolds, yep. who are South Sydney boys through and through. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think you're more a South Sydney fan. Yeah, true. true because but... what comes with South Sydney is these two amazing young yeah. players who um, who have just got it in their DNA. They've got Redfern in their DNA. Yep. So if Cam Murray left, you'd be equally disappointed and upset yeah. about Cam Murray left. Now, if, if Dane Gagai leaves. Who? Hey, well, if Dane Gagoy leaves, you're yeah. probably not. No, I'm not. Exactly. So not, it's no. the attachment to not only the brand, the South Sydney Rabbitoh, um, the Rabbit. In fact, they're juniors and they're South Sydney. That's what really it is. Right. Yeah, but I, I actually I will I will follow Adam Reynolds with interest at the Broncos, and I hope he goes really well because he deserves it. One thing though, I, is he still is he accepted the captaincy? I know that was one of the carrots they were going to offer him. Don't know yet. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. No, no, I don't think that's a decision that needs to be made yet. That'll be a decision made over the Well, there's the no one else. There's no one else, mate. He, he, I think it was the lure of the captaincy as well. Well, it was going to be the same at Cronulla. Yeah, the, right. the captaincy was also given to him to assist, co-captaincy, assist Wade Graham, who's, who's still got another year to run in his contract. So, And they don't know whether Wade Graham is actually going to play that, that final year next year, whether he goes to England, whatever it may be. So it was, it was the same carrot, more money at Cronulla, but what, tip, what has tipped him over the line is, one, the discussion with Wayne and the benefits of playing in a one-team town for now, Brisbane, and they may get a second team, mm. um, and the possible third-party yep. deals. Now, and what Rugby League also does, Jase, it gives you the ability to travel. More so in England when you go in the UK, you can go to France, Spain, wherever you want to be or before COVID. So with, with going to Brisbane, you, know, you get the opportunity on someone else's pay packet mm. to take your family and go and live for two or three years in a beautiful part of the world, South East ha- Queensland. Oh, you'd have to live on the Gold Coast, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I see Adam. It's only a 45-minute drive up the road. I to, see Adam Reynolds living, I don't know, where we, oh, Hedges Avenue perhaps or <laughs> even Century Cove. I wonder if he could play golf. Okay, if he was going to live in Brisbane or and, and just here he rang me, he said, listen, I want you to be my real estate agent. I want you to go and look for the best family family place to live. Okay. Beanley. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Bridgerman Downs. Ipswich. I'm, I'm going to, Ipswich is a beautiful part of the world, Ipswich. I'm going to say um, maybe just on the inner west, somewhere like uh, Mount Omini, somewhere like that. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, on the Gold Coast. Uh, mate, I could see him living on the Gold Coast, the northern end, so it doesn't take as long. Century Cove. Paradise Point. Bigger waters, runaway bay. Burglar waters. <laughs> Seriously, who'd live there? That's a dangerous spot. Hey, listen, <laughs> do you reckon uh, Kevy's happy? His knowledge of the game and how he goes about his, his work, you know, at, at South Sydney, he has been doing that for, for a long time now. Very consistent player at the high level for long periods, which is, again, exactly one of the pieces of the puzzle that Brisbane need. We've got a lot of good young kids here in Brisbane. Uh, we just lack uh, some leadership and some senior players, and Adam ticks all those boxes and exactly what we need to get us back on track. Yeah, look, I reckon he'd be pretty excited too, playing behind that forward pack at Can the Broncos Can I tell you a really year. boring statistic that is going to be a huge, yep. why he's going to make a huge difference? They've got this really young, enthusiastic team that's inexperienced, so they need more possession mm. than any other team to, to actually be in games to win them. So just with their inexperience at the moment, they give away possession, they give away silly penalties, they can't play for the full 80 minutes. He's got the best short kicking game I've ever seen in yeah. rugby league. That's got nothing to do with his stature. So he's got, so he'll get these repeat sets time yeah. and time again, which means this young team will have more possession, 
and then they start to mature under his guidance. Like they haven't signed Wally Lewis. He's not going to be a guy no. that's going to to win games for but them. He's going to get them around the park, mate. He's going to get them in clutch moments. Yeah. He's going to get them to be composed. Yeah. And be able to learn while they're on the run. And if anyone tries to rough him up from the opposition, they've got to de- de- deal with Payne Haas and Tavita Pangai Jr. He's a Redfern boy, mate. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he'll take him mate, himself. He'll, yeah, he'll yeah. bite your ear off and steal your wallet at the same time. <laughs> I'm not saying he's a thief. I'm just saying that they've the Redfern boys. They they fight dirty, mate. Good people in Redfern. Very good people. It's a lot different to how it used to be. Uh, Walker. Let's talk about another uh, exciting. Halfback, who's at the other end of his career at the moment, uh, Sam Walker, two-year extension at the Roosters. Yeah, they're looking What's at – What's that f- take him to, Sats? Uh, that takes him to uh, 20, 20 years of age. No, what year <laughs> does his yeah, contract so – So he comes off contract from memory the end of next year. Okay. So it'll be 23, 24. Okay, so that leaves those – that possible start-up Brisbane team who would target – you'd imagine would target Sam Walker to go home. That leaves them out, no, doesn't it? comes it? off the end of this year. So it would be next year in 23. Okay, so it takes him. But, but it's, you know, that aside, I don't, yes, he would be a target for one of the expansion teams. That That's obvious. And they would give him exorbitant amounts of money to, to go back to Brisbane. But in saying that, I don't think he was ever a chance of leaving the Roosters ever. One, they never let go of a really good player. And two, they've really nurtured him well, the Roosters. They've done a fine job with him, and they do they do a great job with all the young players. They don't throw them in too early, and they they felt as though this kid at eighteen wasn't being thrown in too early. Right. Hence was his maturity off the field, and the way that he was training as well. Same as Joseph Sawali, apparently mature well beyond their their age. So with Sam Walker, I don't think he was ever a chance of leaving the Roosters. I think he will. I think he'll be at the Roosters for many many years to come, and they probably deserve to keep him as well. The way they've been able to nurture him, so. Um, what has been it was interesting that it looked like being a five year deal. If by year four and year five he'd be playing for unders, it'd be good for the Roosters. They'd have him mm. at, at a player that would be well under what anyone else is willing to pay him. So well done by his manager to say Let, let's go two years and see where we're sitting from a financial point of view. What what I read with interest, and we've already spoken about this in the past, Jace, is it, and it's emerged again. Chris Walker doing this walk for life from Cairns to to uh, the Gold Coast to raise money for a number of uh, foundations. One's Carl Webb with motor neurons disease. And um, they interviewed him on, on radio a few a couple of days ago and spoke about his nephew, Sam. And he said, yeah, the Broncos could have had him, but Anthony Seabold and the, and the Broncos tried to bully him into signing. At 16 years of age, didn't allow his parents, his father Ben, of course, who played in the NRL, to attend the meeting. Now, one, that's illegal. And two, it's unethical. So, and he had to pay his own Uber. Had to get his own Uber in there as well. Now, I don't know why his mum and dad couldn't at least drive him in there and just wait in the car while they went and had coffee. But in saying that, yeah. he called an Uber in there. Yeah. His parents weren't, weren't, um, weren't at the meeting and hence why they didn't get this very impressive young man. And the roosters pounced. It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. Yeah, looking forward to the uh, commencement of Magic Round. Satsy kicks off tonight, 6 o'clock. The West Tigers versus the Newcastle Knights. I would have liked a stronger game to kick off this magical round. I think the West Tigers is probably the the clincher here. They've got as bad as they're going at the moment. They've they've still got a huge supporter base. Right, okay. And what they've tried to do is they put the Broncos on a Friday night. 
They put the Cowboys on a Saturday night, the Titans to round the weekend off. So the three right, Queensland okay. teams yeah, as spread well. Spread across, yep. So the West Tigers got a huge supporter base. I'd love to see a lot of the Tigers fans still turn up as, as bad as what they're going. And they're a huge chance of winning this game. Well, they're a big chance of winning any game because they've got a great coach. But uh, Caelan Ponga has been ruled out for two weeks uh, for the Knights and the West Tigers. If he doesn't play last week against the Raiders, they lose the game. So... The West Tigers, for mine, I, I think they actually can win this game. I think they will win this game because, um, yeah, it's an exciting weekend. You get to start the weekend off against a side that's depleted uh, with Pierce out and Kalen Pong are out. So huge chance, big chance. Uh, so you're, you're thinking West Tigers. West Tigers. Yeah, mm. I do too. I like that. Um, I, I liken Ponga to Newcastle. Tommy Turbo to Manly. He's got a huge effect of the pies around yeah, him, yeah. Absolutely. Uh the second game and the the big game tonight, Seagulls versus uh the Broncos. Um, gee, this is a good game. And aren't the Seagulls in red hot form? Well, you mentioned Tommy Trebojevic. I mean, I th- they'll win this game against the Broncos, I think, because while he's on the field, he, the I think he's three games back he's had he's scored I think he's scored four tries and he's had nine try assists. Uh, 18 tackle busts or whatever it may be. It's just ridiculous statistics that he's throwing up. I'll tell you what, I've got to take my hat off to the to the Manly medical staff as well and their training staff because to come back from such a – and he's suffered bad hamstring tears, but to come back without the threat of thinking that's going to tear again and just came in from that, that first game back and just against the Gold Coast Titans and just ripped in straight away, just ripped in and didn't hold back had the confidence that he wasn't going to tear it again. He hasn't looked back since. So, And the players around him are a lot better with him in the side as well. You see, Daly Cherry Evans doesn't feel as though he has to do everything. Kieran Foran is just worrying about the limited things at his age with his body, yeah. the way that it is. He just has to worry about a few couple of things. Young Josh Schuster, who's playing on that left-hand side, he's just got to worry about doing those little subtle things that he does really, really well. So... Because he's back, everyone just – he's one of those players, and we keep talking about it. When you look across the dressing room before the game, you think, you know what, we're half a chance today with him in the side. Imagine had he not uh, done his hamstring slipping over in the bathroom uh, at the start of the season where Manly could be on the ladder. Yeah, I know. And yeah, we were talking about them as a possible bottom four side, even talking about them as a wooden spoon side. We were, yeah. Now we start talking about them as maybe a side that takes up that sixth, seventh or eighth position because I think it's, we all agree that there is a there are five teams that are going to make up that top five. But it, there's a, there's actually a really good poll going around on NRL.com about what's the biggest, who's the biggest smoky team that could jump into the top four? Yep. Manly, overwhelming favourites, just yeah. because of one player. And I also think you'll see South slide a bit more. They probably won't this week against the Sharks, but you'll see them slide a bit more because I, I think people are also underestimate people like um, Cam, um, Cam Murray to their team. Mm. So whilst they're waiting to get their injured players back. and I It's think a little bit tr- like Isaiah Yo, When he goes off yeah. from Panthers, yep. they get, get a little bit more disjointed yep. because they're, they're the glue that yep. holds everyone together. And hasn't Mitchell got another week? Mitchell's got another week. Yeah, so it's just they're going to slip a little bit, and I think Manly might take that opportunity to to get up there. Um, Broncos, they've improved the last couple of weeks. That was um, they're trying hard, and mate, that, that game against the Cowboys, it, it, they just those two teams, no matter where they're sitting on the ladder, always manage to put on a great contest. And that was a good game. Jase, you and I spoke about this about four or five weeks ago. I've I've seen the Broncos improve in ten minute periods throughout the game. So. 
They were really good for about the first 20 minutes at the start of the season. And then they improved a little bit more and, and then they, they copped a bit of a whack and they, then, then they've improved for another 10 minutes. Now they're starting to put larger portions of the yeah. game together. Yeah. And they've got a player like Reynolds coming in at the perfect time. By the end of the season, a lot of these players will then have 50 games under the belt after playing the last two or three seasons in first grade. Mm. It's not until you've got 40 or 50 games under your belt. And Tim Sheens, that was always his analogy, that you don't truly know where you stand as an NRL player. So, but still the Seagulls should be the Yeah, Broncos. I think they will, yeah. Jeez, what about that for a halves combo next year? Reynolds and Katoni Staggs. Yeah. It's pretty good. All righty, this is Off the Bench. Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Uh, when we come back, a new segment on Off the Bench. It's called What? What? And uh, we're going to look at some Royal News. We love our Royal News here at Off the Bench. That's next. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. It is. We're going to do something a little bit different because we don't have a Thursday night review, which we normally do here. Satsy, welcome back. Uh, what we're going to do is a segment we like to do during the week, and it's called... What? Oprah from her uh, interview with Meghan Markle and, and um, what's his name, Harry. So um, this is where we just throw some stories out and uh, from the weekend we just go, what? So do you want to start it off with um, something that happened... Uh, during the week with the Australian cricketers. Yeah. Oh, thank you for the music. Thanks. The background music. This is them on the beach in the Maori. Yes. So the Aussie cricketers, and God bless their hearts, they, they sent a heartfelt message to the Indian population. <laughs> with cocktail, who, with cocktail who in hand. Struggling, who are struggling, of course, but because they've just left the country yep. and landed in the Maldives. Yep. yep. And this, this is their message for UNICEF. India is recording four new COVID cases every second. There's not enough oxygen to go around. These are the most deadly days of the pandemic so far. Coronavirus is devastating communities across the country. The situation is heartbreaking. In times of crisis, we come together. We're throwing our support behind UNICEF's India Crisis Appeal. Their teams are on the ground right now. Delivering emergency supplies to the vulnerable. No one can do everything. But everyone can do something. Join us by clicking the link below. Because right now, India needs us. India needs us. India needs us all. Yeah, not all of them, but half of them are in the Maldives. And but the finishing, the finishing part to this, to this input <laughs> around Just the Australian cricket time. players sending a message is, one of them sent their message via a video. Well, all of them were via video. Yeah, but, but no, but one of them. Their message was sent via a video while he was standing next to, get ready, a golf buggy. What? It was nearby. Just, it just was a to tight shot. salt into the wound. It was a tight shot. Yeah. Had golf pants on as well. What? No, he didn't. No. <laughs> hey, I've got one for you. From during the, What about the lady, the Australian lady who went in for uh, an operation, had her tonsils out, and she says, I- I've woken up now and I all of a sudden I've got this Irish accent. What? Mm. Mm. Um, incredible. Have a listen to this. Angie Yen is counting the her. days on TikTok. <laughs> I hope not. It's day two. It's day ten since I woke up with an Irish accent. Problem what? with that is she's Australian. I woke up with an Irish accent. And what? I've never been to Ireland before. This <laughs> is how her Aussie accent used to sound. I'm just calling to cancel my membership. And I what? was just wondering for the monthly payments that I've paid. Now she sounds like this. And my sister's like, oh, no, my, I've got an Irish sister now. What? There's been about 150 reported cases of foreign accent syndrome. 
This Florida woman had a stroke and went from sounding like this. We've got fabulous things. To this. I felt like I was going bloody crazy. <laughs> it's Mary Poppins, darling. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, is that a true story? No, what? can't be. Please. Seriously. That is just... She actually sounded South African. Well, she started off speaking Kiwi, <laughs> and then when she mentioned the word Ireland, she goes, oh, hang on a second, I've got to break into an Irish accent. Yeah. Luckily, she didn't say potatoes. <laughs> Royal News. You love this, do Royal News has made off the bench. Do you want some? Yep. Meghan me Markle and Prince Harry are competing in a popularity contest. With Kate Middleton and Prince William, a royal expert claims. What? Now, if it, well, you know it's true, it's absolutely royal true. expert. That's mm. right. So, uh, what the, is it like a poll? Well, they're, they're all no. They're or are all they getting, going on like a reality sharpening, show? They're sharpening their images. These people, I'll tell you, Duchess and uh, the Duke and Duchess Sussex have launched a string of new Hollywood-esque projects in stepping down as senior royals uh, with Megxit. How can they be senior royals and still be called the Dutch and Duchess? Well, they're of... not actually. They're, they're actually meant to be gone now. Mm. They're on their own. They don't even have security. I want to see Megan, Megan, sorry, Markle and Harry go up against Kate and Will on a series of like Survivor or Wipeout. Uh, wipeout. It's a knockout. It's a knockout. The two ladies on a pole with those, you know, they used to get those other poles and you have to whack each other yeah. till you slipped off. Mm. Now that, or, kids would love it. Or Gladiator. Remember Gladiator when they had the big pyramid and you had to try and get up to the top of the pyramid and someone standing above you just throwing you down the pyramid again? I want to see that between the two couples. What? A- and the queen is the judge. <laughs> and An executor. <laughs> And somehow the corgis are involved. <laughs> I don't know. I've got some more news for you too. Prince Charles is set to cull the monarchy by axing several members after the Queen's death. Well, for when it happens. <laughs> Camilla, settle. It's thought the future king has been a long-time supporter of slimming down the ranks of the royal family and, and apparently so, a friend said so Prince he, Philip was the same as well. He wanted to get rid of a few. So... Not only is he fat shaming by slimming people, no, but he's, he's going to actually take their heads off no, he's by not cutting. Doing is he doing old school like guillotine up, no, on, he's not. up he's... on the stage? No. Head in bucket. There's too many hanger honours. These relatives are hanging around. Mm. And so he's got rid of uh, his son and Megan, right? Yep. So he wants, to, he wants to have the close knit, the ones who get all the perks, yep. he wants to cut right down. Have a listen to the list. It'll be Prince Charles and his wife. <laughs> Princess Anne, can I just say she was hot. Stop it. She you was... said this during the week. You can't repeat yourself. You it's seen, creepy. Have you seen The Crown? I haven't. Oh, you've got to watch it. So good. And she is so hot. She is. But it's not actually her. I know. Yeah. Prince Edward? Yeah. Is he still around? <laughs> yeah. Right? He is, obviously. Uh, and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge for which the is younger generation. Will which and is Kate. Ka- Will and Kate. They're cool. Yeah. They are, they are cool. Yep. Right? Everyone else gets the chop. A notable absentee yep. on that list is Andrew. I can't see why. Who would you prefer, Andrew or Camilla? Camilla. <laughs> that's our. That's our. You've got to stop that. Do I? Yeah. You've got to stop. That. That's our royal news uh, on off the bench. You happy with that? You like that? Yeah. Adam Pengilly. Uh, a journalist, a good journalist, a proper journalist from the Sydney Morning Herald no, <laughs> will be joining us next. Uh, he spent a bit of time with the Match Review Committee 
And he's got some interesting stuff to say. That's next on Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Sitting in a cafe on Saturday, guys, and I was uh, reading a very good story from the Sydney in the Sydney Morning Herald, written by Adam Pangeli. Very good journalist, and it was around the match review committee. Now there are a lot of moving parts when it comes to uh, the potential suspension or the charging of players each and every week. And it was a great insight uh, in the access that he had. And uh, we're um, we're lucky enough to have him on Sports Day here tonight. How are you, Adam? Evening, Bats. Evening, Badge. Going well, boys. How about yourselves? Yeah, really well. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, now, with the story and the access you had, how did you find the experience sitting amongst the, the match review committee themselves? Yeah, quite fascinating, Sats. I was sort of born out of the idea from a few weeks ago. I remember that storm that week we had where Latrell Mitchell suspended for four weeks. Victor Radley had that downgrade at the judiciary, which was quite controversial. And Paul Momorowski sort of got suspended for three weeks. Had the idea to maybe do a bit of a deep dive into how the actual match review committee works. And I was lucky enough to be granted a bit of access by the NRL to actually sit in there with the match review committee on a night when they're analysing games and going through incidents. And it's quite a... It's quite a complex process, a lot more detailed than what I thought it would be. You, you're sitting there with the guys, and I sat in there on that particular night with Michael Hodgson, who's one of the four former players on the match review committee, and he watches the game in real time, but he can pause it, rewind it, fast forward, whatever he likes at whatever stage of the game, and watches incidents like he suppose, I suppose he might think are, need to be called into question from multiple different camera angles, about 11 or 12 different camera angles they've got. And I sat in there with him one night and did that, and it was quite... I was quite fascinated by how much work goes into this process. And I was watching this game we were doing, and I won't give away the game for the purpose of, I suppose, uh, releasing information for the players that might be involved. And the game didn't have a lot of spite. It was pretty pretty mundane, I thought, anyway. And within the first 15 minutes, he'd already tagged four incidents that he, he thought might be a question in that game. And he sent them. And what happens is they've got a, he's got an assistant who sits there and cuts up those clips and sends them almost instantaneously to the other members of the match review panel. And basically that happens to the entire game. They do that for eight games a week. And then four mornings a week after each night's game, they sit down and analyse those incidents and decide which, which uh, incidents should be charged. So I suppose this is where all the argument has, has started. And you just alluded to that. How do they come to the decisions that they do? And you, and you just mentioned that you know, there are four ex-players. Now, as the ex-players on the review committee... Do they analyse the various incidents based on their experience as a player also or purely now as, a, and as a, uh, an observer? Well, I think a bit of both, that's to be fair. Uh, and to me, that was the most fascinating part of the experience was sitting on their discussion the next morning. So I sat in, sat in on a discussion on Sunday morning when they analysed games from the previous night. And let me tell you, there's a lot of debate between them. They don't necessarily agree on everything. Uh, there's a lot of debate about whether something should be charged or not, what level charge it should be. And their recollection of different incidents or similar incidents that they're looking at is quite remarkable when you think about it. There's one incident in particular, looking at a tackle of a player who, uh, who sort of made a tackle on a playmaker who passed the ball and sort of turned his back. One of those tacklers would, would try to get out of the game with that whiplash effect. And I think Michael Robertson sat there at one stage and said, oh, can you bring up that tackle from last year, about 18 months ago, which we, which we charged? And he just knew that off the top of his head. And they've got this massive database of incidents they can pull up and, and show the, uh, each other on this WebEx platform they've got and compare the tackles uh, basically sort of 18 months, two years apart and come to some sort of decision. There's a lot of things that goes into that decision where uh, an incident should be charged. They look at the force, they've got mitigating circumstances, risk of injury. Now, one thing that I wasn't quite sure about is that they request medical reports from the clubs. So if they deem an incident worthy of being charged, they can then use that medical report to either elevate that charge from, say, grade one to grade two or from a grade two to a grade three. So it really was an eye-opening experience for me. 
Yeah, I'm I'm surprised to hear that um, that little bit you just you just mentioned there about reports from the clubs. Um, not sh- I didn't realise that they might take into account uh, the damage that's been done to a, a player and in an incident. Um, what what surprised you the most about the whole? process i know you've already mentioned a, a couple of things about the instantaneous uh, access they have and uh, that they don't all agree but was there anything that really surprised you that you were you didn't realize about the match review uh process yeah but two things probably the first thing is how detailed it is like i'm probably like a lot of fans and being a journalist who covers the game for a few years now i think they just sit around on you know one morning and just have a bit of a poke around have a bit of a coffee or something like that and decide what needs to be charged, but it's a lot more thorough than that, the amount of work they put into it. So that was the first thing for me. And you can't underestimate how much that judiciary code plays a part in what gets charged or not. As as pundits and fans, we sit there and we think, well, how do they come up with that decision? But that they are strictly are wholly and solely guided by that judiciary code, what they're going to decide. The second thing I'll make reference to is the fact that I mentioned a bit earlier to you guys is how much debate there is. Like there was one particular incident that I referenced in that story, guys, where they two, virtually split 2-2. Two, two. They couldn't decide whether to charge a person or not, and they had to come to some sort of consensus. Or the t- decision was that basically it happens the the match review chairman gets the casting vote essentially. Mm. And I didn't think that would be the case. I thought they'd just be mostly in agreement. But this was quite a lengthy debate. It went for about ten or fifteen minutes on this one particular incident. And I actually asked Michael Robinson about the Latrell Mitchell case a few weeks earlier, and he said they discussed that at length for at least fifteen or twenty minutes before they came to a position. So. They're probably the two things in my mind that stuck out most that surprised me. Adam, are you a little bit like me and you're a little bit concerned that one of the match review committee members is a winger, Michael Robertson, <laughs> and a very good winger at that, mind you, but he's a winger. What about one? What about two? Anthony Quinn's involved as oh, well. Oh, stop it. Oh, now. Throw, throw the book out the door, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Is it, is it, now, is it, in all seriousness, is it, the, is it the best system, you think, where we've got the match on-field official, then you've got the bunker, which goes through the match review, then to the judiciary argument. Yeah, I, to be honest, that's, I think it's probably a better system than what I, what I thought it was until I went through this whole process a couple of weeks ago and sat down with them. Can it be refined and can it be better? Well, yes, I think it probably can, to, to be honest. Uh, sometimes I, I'm, like, I'm like you guys, I'm like the average fan. Sometimes I see the gradings come through or the charges come through and I, I scratch my head and think, well, how did they arrive at that? And how did that get charged? How did that not get charged? How do we do it? What's, what's a better system? I suppose that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Like the, how do we improve it? I, maybe a better cross-section of guys on that panel? I'm, I'm not too sure. Maybe a, maybe an extra member? I, I don't know. I don't know what the exact answer is, but I, in my mind, it's a lot better than what I thought it was before I went in there and did that story. I reckon we should have Blocker and Les Davidson on the match review committee. <laughs> no one would hey, ever um, be suspended. Is there a contentious incident in the game that they probably discuss more? And, and what I'm probably trying to allude to is one of my biggest bugbears is, is the crusher tackle. I think we go too far with it in relation to charging players. Yep. And speaking to Michael Hodgson about that, that he, he spoke about the different grips and he, he can he can recognise very quickly uh, you know, undergrip and overgrip, all these different grips that players use in a tackle. The, the, yeah, the crusher tackle, yeah, maybe sometimes we do go a little bit too far with it, but you know, if we don't stamp it out, we're only one horrible tackle away from a, a catastrophic incident, aren't we, really? So mm. uh, one of the other things that I did notice on that night that I did was the, the knee lift. So a couple of times they... they, they tagged incidents for knee lifts, which I wouldn't have necessarily noticed straight away in the game when I was watching it live with them, but they picked it up straight away like that. So, uh, yeah, they, they are eagle-eyed. I give them credit for that. They don't miss a thing. No, well, no doubt um, you'll be watching what comes out of the match review committee even more closely than, than ever, Adam, now that you know how the process uh, works or have a better understanding of it. Yeah, and watching these charge sheets come down mm. every, couple of, every day, virtually four days a week, they're just quite fascinating, isn't it, now? And I, 
even though that's a feeder one I must admit I watched earlier this week. I think, how, how is that a grade two? But they would have taken into consideration a lot of different things, like the fact that he, his feet left the ground when he tried to make that tackle. They look at the force, uh, look at everything like that in the tackle. Was it still a grade two? In my mind, probably not, but that's what they came up with. So yeah. there's just a little things they will look into when they come to a decision. Well, of course, and then the judiciary, you, you have your chance to defend yourself if you think they got it wrong at the judiciary, don't you? So, yeah, I think the system's not... Not too far off. Hey, fabulous stuff, Adam. Really a great story that you, you put together there in the uh, Sydney Morning Herald, mate. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to reading your next edition. What, are you heading to Magic Round? I am, boys. Flying up tomorrow morning. So up there for a few days. Looking forward to it. Uh, eight games in three days. It's going to be gonna be good to have some big crowds back at the footy. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our Off The Bench footy tips. Righty, yes, let's do it, Sats. Uh, Scott Sattler, Jason Matthews here with Off The Bench. Sats, uh, let's have a look at the 3 o'clock uh, Saturday game. Bulldogs versus Raiders. Of course, all of these games at Suncorp for Magic yep. Round. Uh, who do you like, mate? We had a smart ass. Danger during the week, Texas, and say he's going to put $20 on all the away teams to win. Smart. Other than the Broncos, they're all away, so it's smart. But, you know, there's a chance the Broncos may. Well, no, the Broncos are the away team, mate. No, 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 but they're not away from their city. But when you look at the. When you look at the. He's in the. the They're in the away dressing sheds. Yeah. Mm. And they don't know where they are. (laughs) (laughs) How weird is that? And do you have to share the dressing sheds with the team before you? There's four dressing sheds. Ah. Yeah, so there's two really big ones yeah. on either end. Yeah. And there's two that sit in the middle that were always made for, you know, if there's first grade, second grade. Right. So, yeah, they, they share them in a sense of – and while, while one team's playing, the other team using the other dressing shed for the second game will warm up in the, right. the warm-up area that's inside. Yeah, so – Okay, it's good. Yeah, the Bulldogs versus the Raiders. Um, there could be an upset here because the Raiders are vulnerable. But I think the Raiders will win because I, I, I just – I don't know. I, I mean, they've got too many good players not to find something very soon. Isn't it interesting? Media left uh, Ricky alone this week. Yeah, because you know what? Because he, he wasn't controversial yeah. in his post-match com- conference last week. He did drop the F-bomb. Yeah. But outside of that, he – Got a slap on the wrist. Yep. Sharks versus Rabbitohs is pretty easy. Hey, what about this? We didn't talk about this after the Adam Reynolds signing that he's playing the team. Yeah. He was about to go to. Yes. So um, I'm going to have to say the Rabbits purely because Adam Reynolds has been named and anticipating that he's going to play. The Sharks are terrible. They are. They're they're pretty ordinary. And Sean Johnson's not playing for the Sharks either. He he didn't travel. Uh, Roosters, Cowboys, Saturday night. I don't think this is going to be that easy for the Roosters. I think they'll win, but I don't think it'll be that easy. Still look at their back line. Tedesco, Joey Manu, Josh Morris, uh, Sam Walker. Yeah. They've still got a really good side. Daniel Tupo, Victor Radley, Satili Tupanua, Angus Crichton, Jabaria Hargraves. It's not a bad lineup, is it, with the amount of injuries they've got? So, yeah, the Roosters too good for the Cowboys. But you know what? If if the Cowboys win this, I won't be surprised. I like what's happening at the Cowboys. They're building. Toddy's now getting him doing what he wants to do. And it takes it, a long time to change well, fabric. Well, look at the Warriors last year. It took a few weeks, yep. and then all of a sudden they started playing the Roddy Payton style of footy, and that win against the Broncos last week will do wonders for their confidence, and Val Holmes is starting to find the form he used to have. Well, 
Everyone keeps saying he's, he's a winger, he's a winger. I've always thought he's a fullback. And now that he's getting weeks and minutes and hours spent yep. at training during the week and he's just getting his timing, his rhythm, and people say, hang on a sec, he's, he's an Australian player. He should know all that. Yep. It takes a while to yep. change because he's been trained in a completely different format for a year with the NFL. He has to come back and relearn all those yep. All those um, those intricate details of the position. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good game, but I think the Roosters may just squeeze home. We might have a chat with him next week. Warriors versus Eels, Sunday. Eels, I think, are humming beautifully. Uh, and the Warriors got a, a, a few injuries. I'm going to take the Eels. Storm Dragons? Uh, Storm, but they've got... few out. Harry Grant, uh, Brandon Smith, Cam Munster, all out. But they just have blokes ready to go. You play the jersey. That's what you do. System. You you blow the system. system. But the Dragons, you know what? I like what Anthony Griffin's doing. This will be a really tough game for the Storm. It's hard to believe the Dragons are sixth. I know. I know. If if you had to ask me who's first or fourth. No, sixth. Sixth. If you ask me who's first or eighth at the moment, I couldn't tell you. Um, Titans, their defense has been in trouble this year. I think in four games, they've given up 140 points. It's, It's last 20 minutes. In it's, every game. It's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely terrible. Panthers, I don't know how much they're going to put on them this week. First, the last 20 minutes of the Panthers' strongest. Wow. So uh, there could be the possibility of a lot of points scored because the Titans, if, there they, will get, be. if they get in a really good frame of mind, the Titans, they score a lot of points, especially if they're kicking game as well. Same Worth the same amount of points for but, a try. But, mate, the Panthers are only giving up uh, six points a game. I know. They've, <laughs> they've conceded 60 points after nine rounds. The team before that, that was the best after nine rounds, was 2001 Parramatta. I think they were about 92. And then 1996, it was Manly who had given up, I think, 80. So they're phenomenal as Panthers side. And what wins premierships, mate? Not defence always. Most of the time. Got to score more points than the other team. But what about that? Ta- Here's a chance for you to talk about that tackle. <laughs> 2000. <laughs> Before we go, <laughs> on Off the Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? Satsy, you know, can I go first? Yeah, of Two things. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study the NFL draw, which came out yesterday. Yes. The season opens up with the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Where are the Buccaneers? Where's your Buccanet? Uh, it's on, they're on your Buccanet. <laughs> That's the old joke. Uh, but also, um, I'm looking forward to a, a day at the races. Gold Coast Turf Club. You're on the Gold Coast this week. I'm, I'm wow. absolutely going to enjoy it, mate. We're taking the family. The first time the girls have been to the track, and they'll, mate. There's nothing like hearing those horses run down the straight. The noise is it's amazing. So, mm. what are you doing? What are you looking? Well, for? I'm going to go to Magic. I'm going to go to Magic Round. I'm going to yep. be one of the many that are travelling to uh, Suncorp Stadium from all parts of uh, the country, or the Eastern Seaboard. Anyway, I can't wait to see Caxton Street. But it, you don't have a drink. But it's good to sit back. No, no I don't. Too drink. many Queenslanders there. I don't drink beer, mate. I don't drink beer. I drink Brookvale Union ginger ale, alcoholic ginger ale. Spritzers you drink too. So don't I can't wait. I love sitting back and just watching. There's a really good hot dog place. There is. On the Caxton Street. I can yeah. walk straight across the road from the Caxton. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to order two or three hot dogs. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to have a couple of drinks. I'm going to sit there and watch the zoo. Get a and Shirley. all the animals just go crazy. I could just see you there sipping your Shirley Temple, straw sticking out, umbrella in it. Mustard on the side of my mouth. <laughs> Sauce down your shirt. Yeah. Can't wait. Hot dog in pocket. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. Hey, have a great weekend, everyone. We'll uh, catch you next week.